welcome to episode 98 of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon, and I am joined by my co-host, Pilar Orti. Pilar, how are you doing today? I am extremely well, so thanks for asking, and I hope listeners are doing well too. It's um, We're recording at the start of a week, and I've been reflecting a lot about this notion of fresh starts since our episode um, a little while back about how to you know, create and make use of a fresh start. And I have to say, I'm looking at Mondays in a whole new light. I used to not be a fan, but actually, hey, it's, a, it's an opportunity for a fresh start. So happy Monday to you. Great. Well, I'm glad that the episodes are helping you as well as the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we do give some thought to these episodes. I hope it comes through. So I have been reflecting on this stuff. Well, today we're going to talk about um, a, a point that rolled out of last episode um, when I was joined by Dr. Rachel Skews, and it's all about how we can effectively manage our boundaries, because it did come up as a sort of an aside when we were talking about self-care. So I thought it'd be good to dedicate an episode to that. But before we dive into all of that content, just uh, a couple of brief news points to cover off. So this is 98, episode 98. We're obviously, obviously therefore really close to episode 100. Um, it's a bit of a landmark, a bit of an anniversary. So we do want to mark it by uh, including listener feedback. And we want to hear from you um, what difference this stuff has made. Have you put any of these concepts and ideas uh, into action? Um, what are your questions about topics we might have covered? What have you enjoyed? What would you like to see more of, less of? All that stuff. Any and all feedback is really welcome, and we'll we'll share it and explore it, amongst other things, in episode one hundred. Now, there is no excuse for you to not to not get in touch. So <laughs> you can send us something very brief on Twitter at my pocket psych. We have a contact form where you can write a longer message, and you can find that on uh, worklifepsych.com/slash contact. You can leave us a voice message and we'll share that on the show. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It just takes you to a really simple web interface and you can leave a 30 second message and you can email us directly, um, podcast at worklifepsych.com. So I'm, I'm expecting my inbox to get a hammering uh, from listeners now. I'm just raising the bar of those expectations. But we always do love to get the feedback. We do love to hear how you're putting this stuff into practice. So please, um, let us know that we're not speaking into the void. And I've said it before, we know we're not because we see the statistics of listening and downloads, but we'd love to know how it's landing with you. Um, and and Richard, can I just say, it doesn't have yeah. to be wonderfully crafted, the message, honestly, just drop us a note. And as, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. we just want we're to We're not looking for war and peace and we're yes. not, we're not going to grade it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in, in the last episode, I, I mentioned I, I kind of begged for some <laughs> sponsorship for my half marathon, which I did for um, charity Epilepsy Action. And uh, I ran that yesterday. I'm going to leave the, the link. The sponsorship page is still open. I'll leave the link in the show notes if you'd like to drop the price of a, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, something small. Um, they all add up and they make a big difference. So thank you in advance for that. And Richard, I'm sure listeners, and at least I would after listening to the last episode, how did it go? So obviously with events, this was the first half marathon I'd run in two years. Yeah. I've a fair few of them under my belt now, but it was a bit weird running um, in a race um, in 2021. It was superbly organized. Um, I had a really enjoyable time. And without really clock watching, I got to the last kilometer. It's 21.3 
that point three is very important <laughs> when you're there. Um, uh, kilometers. I was in the last kilometer before I realized I was within striking distance of my 29 at uh, 2019 time. Now wow. I missed it by 30 seconds, uh, but it was great having had not a lot of time uh, to train for this, to, to get through injury free with a decent time. So thanks for asking. Mm. And um, another project I've, I've got going um, on the side, and we might elaborate on this in a, in a future episode, but uh, I've started a, a YouTube channel um, where I'm going to share weekly videos um, maybe elaborating on the, the concepts we cover here, the ideas we cover here. Um, but I do know there's, there's an awful lot of people that love podcasts and they love to listen while they walk or while they drive, but there's a whole other load of people that like to sit down and watch something. So I want to cover as many of the bases as possible. Um, and, and that will include, you know, what is it like to be a psychologist? What's, what's the inside scoop and what I do? So um, you can find that at richardmckinnon.tv. URL will redirect you. Now, there isn't a massive content there <laughs> yet, but there will be um, a weekly update from this point on. So if you've got ideas uh, for questions I could answer on that, please send them Wonderful. in as well. So managing boundaries. Uh, last uh, episode, um, talking about this with Rachel, we talked about self-care. We talked about the nature of looking after ourselves and it's very subjective. There's lots of different ways we can do it. And I think um, an important point for me to reiterate was that whatever form it takes, ideally, it, it needs to be something sustainable that's not going to detract from your well-being over the longer term. So in how you're dealing with something difficult, at least use a strategy that's not going to make things worse. Um, and, uh, and of course, Rachel told us about her half marathon, you know, yes. so yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, an awful lot of self-care and um, I was getting sweaty palms just listening to the distances involved. So I, I do want to have a conversation about this aspect of managing our boundaries because what we commit to, how we commit to things, how we decide not to commit, how we carve out aspects of our life and try and keep them maybe separate from each other. Um, this would all fit under that, that term of managing boundaries. And it's really important because if we don't think about it and if we don't actively do something about it, well, then events will take over. So this is an area where it's really useful um, to be proactive. And of course, when our boundaries are, I don't know, breached or ignored, um, that can have knock-on effects uh, for our well-being, but also for um, the quality of our work and our relationships. And we'll elaborate on this as, as we go through, but I'm sure it's pretty clear to everyone how if you're feeling put upon, if you're feeling overstretched, if you're feeling taken advantage of, that you're not going to feel superb uh, about that. So, and it's it's a very um, sorry, Richard. It's a very interesting mm. conversation as well, um, and it's uh, it's something that I've been talk, uh, talking and thinking about. And I use sometimes I heard someone use the word edges instead of boundaries as well, mm. which I quite like because to my mind, and we 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 all speak in a way that makes sense to us. The edges gives it a little bit more fluidity for me than the boundaries, and that yeah. helps me uh, navigate that that conversation. So. Yeah, really, it's a huge topic. It really is. And and I know you've been talking about it uh, lately because um, you have a, a, an episode of your podcast uh, coming out about it. You, you guys take a, a slightly different perspective. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? And, and we can put a link to that in the show notes. 
Yes. So I talked to Maya Middlemiss, my co-host in 21st Century Work Life, and we look at it from the point of view of the remote worker, so someone who's does all their work through technology and also this a subset of that which is the working from home so it's it's a big conversation it's it was triggered by a couple of things that were in the news as well so that might be interesting as well and it's coming out in a couple of days so I told the 13th of October it's that episode uh, and it, I think it's 284 of the 21st century work life podcast Fantastic. We'll we'll link people directly to that. So I'm, I'm sure if people are really interested in this topic, you know, getting different perspectives on it can be really, really useful. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if we if we um, think about dates, the, the week that we're recording this is is National Work Life Week, where there is a focus um, in various places all about the interface between the professional and the personal, and our responsibilities in those domains, and how we navigate um, the edges or the boundaries uh, of those domains, but also the roles that we occupy. And um, it's really useful to think about how we want this to be, how we would like it to be, what what. Uh, good would look like uh, for us so that we can make some changes or maintain what we have. So it helps us frame um, where where it is that we want to dedicate some time, attention, energy, where are we going to be? What are we going to be doing? And as I said at the outset, if we don't think about this stuff, we can end up neglecting what's really important to us. Um, and we can find ourselves um, just responding to what is being asked of us uh, willy-nilly. So there's there's a bit of reflection required here. That's a uh, that's an aspect I hadn't thought of before, the boundaries between roles, the roles mm. that we play. That's a, oh, thank you, new perspective <laughs> for me. Well, this, this is a really important one because this comes up in coaching conversations all the time for me where people are um, overloaded with uh, demands on their time and, and their attention and, and they're f- finding themselves feeling... Um, a bit taken advantage of, a bit exhausted and working with them to prioritize what's what it's, it's really beneficial. I find to say, this isn't just work versus home. This is all of the roles you occupy. And actually what we often find is there are competing roles in the personal sphere and it could be different friendships or different responsibilities in, in, in the community, in the neighborhood, in the family. And those can be in friction with each other, never mind what it's like to have uh, a job as well. So try not to think about this as just simply work versus non-work, but the level will know that. What, what are the roles I occupy, formal or informal? Because they all will require uh, varying levels of time, energy, and attention, and we, they are limited resources. So we have to think about where we're going to put those in. So rather than... <laughs> is my style with a big long ramble. I thought I would try and, um, based on the nature of this topic, flag a few points for people to reflect on because there is no perfect checklist of this is how to manage your boundaries. Uh, the diversity of people and roles and cultures out there means that would be um, uh, fool's errand to, to do that. So let's talk through some of the things that I might direct people's attention to um, that might form the start of your thinking about this. The first one is um, about avoiding comparisons. When we compare our situation to somebody else, it, it's more often than not a false comparison because we're comparing all of our insides with their outsides. We're comparing everything that we've thought and felt and planned and believed with their behavior 
that we can see. And of course, our behavior is the result of all of that stuff. And what we might and probably don't see is the challenges they face managing uh, boundaries and maybe the emotions that they feel as a result of that. So, you know, try to avoid, um, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like her. Now, we can talk to people about how they do these, these things and maybe learn principles or tricks and tips, but um, making a comparison in your head is going to lead to um, feeling um, uh, maybe a little bit sad about your own situation. Yeah, I completely agree. But again, I hadn't thought of it like that before. Also, Richard, thank you for that. Well, we're, we're maybe taking the, the psychological perspective on this stuff um, today. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and on that note, thinking is really important. What is it, if we can notice it, what is it we're saying to ourselves about our responsibilities and the requests that we receive? And and to look out for the, the, the thoughts that sound like I should, I must, I need, a kind of demanding tone to those thoughts. Um, we we talked previously about how we can deal with thoughts um, that we, you know, we don't find helpful. Let's not call them bad thoughts, but ones that aren't helpful in in context. Uh, in episode fifty six, we looked at how we can get some distance from our thoughts and how we can see them for what they are. They're just passing mental experiences. But but when it comes to this particular topic of of boundary management, we can sometimes um, get stuck on them and let them have too much of an influence over. Our behavior. You know, I should be available to my clients in the evening. Uh, I must check in with these people regularly. I need to have a look at my email inbox at the weekend. And it's worth just pausing and, and before taking action. Is this true? You know, what, what would be helpful for me to do? Um, and I think if we can just start with the, what am I saying to myself before anyone else asks me to do things? Am I making this uh, challenge more difficult for me? And I'm thinking as well, if you link it to the comparison point, I think also the flip side of that is, well, do, do I need to have that separation between, for example, let's just take work-life balance. Should my balance be the same as everyone around me? Or is it okay for me to be working at this time, even though I should be, it should be my personal time? I think it's really interesting when we're reading about other stuff or hearing how other people are doing to a little bit lose our way sometimes. Uh, absolutely. That combination of those things. Maybe I'm feeling I should be doing more because I believe the people around me are doing more. But of course, I don't know what they're doing all the time, but I might have a mental picture of people that I'm comparing myself to. And it's a false one, or it's at least an inaccurate one. The third point I would direct people's attention to is about intentionality. You know, being intentional about this stuff, taking the time to really figure out uh, what boundaries, what roles are important to you, and, and then to use tools that you have at your disposal to address this proactively. And what I mean by that is I've, I've got a few examples, but I'm sure you can all think of, of ones in your own lives. But for example, styling your out-of-office notifications to be clear about your availability, um, making sure that your voicemail message is clear about when people can expect to hear back from you. Um, proactively sitting down and talking with your key stakeholders about 
um, your working hours or your out of hours availability or availability for business travel or anything else that might infringe on the boundaries you're trying to style. So really not wanting this to um, sort itself out and it'll all be fine in the end, but more a case of, no, this is how I'd like it to be. So I'm going to intentionally and proactively um, uh, clarify these boundaries for everyone that, that comes into contact with me. And I suppose the communication aspect is sometimes the most challenging because it might be okay in our heads to say, okay, this is how I want this to be. But actually, what do I need to be talking about with other people so that we can, um, because boundaries are there only if they're respected, but if they're not communicated. <laughs> so I think that's a really important conversation. Well, this this is really key and it links to the the role of our thinking piece as well, because if we just carry this stuff around in our minds as we've said previously about other topics, if I carry this in my head, I'm applying a rule to you that you know nothing about, and that's not fair. So if I can surface this and I can have a conversation, um, then at least you'll know what my expectations are. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with me, but at least you'll know where I'm coming from and what's important to me. And that that can be uncomfortable for sure, but it's worthwhile doing. And, and even, again, in the coaching sphere, when someone takes the time to record a voicemail message that really signposts um, their availability. They realize, I need to be careful about this. I do need to think it through. I need to choose the right words here because it's important to be that my message lands well. So doing these things slows you down a little bit and makes you more intentional and makes you hopefully um, communicate this stuff clearly. But it also needs to be flexible. Because um, one of the things that can be difficult about our boundary management is that everyone else is doing it too. <laughs> and we, they don't neatly meet like a, a jigsaw puzzle or pieces of Lego. And so my perfect time for a conversation could be your worst time of day or evening or whatever it is. So we need to hold on to these as, as principles and principles have flexibility. And what we're able to do is acknowledge that because they're principles, we won't be able to live um, as if they were rules 24-7. And we'll have to give sometimes and we'll have to take sometimes. And that can mean that when our working agreements or our working style has to change, we don't feel as resentful because we've not clung on to these things like the Ten Commandments or something. So having some flexibility in there is, is really important. You were talking with Rachel in your conversation also about the role of values sometimes in, in, yeah. in approaching how you look after yourself. And I think that is a really important reminder as well here, values, principles, all the things that really underpin how we want to show up. And going back to that again, when you see, when you maybe feel that your boundary is being threatened or your edge <laughs> is being mm. actually pushed uh, against you a bit, that okay, how can I re rewire so that I, I'm, I'm not as threatened so that I can still show up as I, as I want to feel? I think that's really important, yeah. And if you think about some of these conversations um, that you might want to have with the people in your life, some of the thoughts and emotions you might experience, they could all be quite uncomfortable. Like saying no, mm. you know, <laughs> saying no, and then the rest of it to explain why you can't do something or be somewhere that can, that can be very uncomfortable and the discomfort could actually prevent us from saying no 
and we have an automatic yes because no equals uh, conflict or disagreement. And so values help us navigate that oh. stuff because we're clear on, well, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be a person that says yes to everyone and then lets lots of people down because obviously I can't be in three places at once? Or, or do I want to be the person that goes to bed at night still fuming um, about the fact that I agreed to do something I knew in my heart of hearts I didn't want to do. So tapping into our values, it's something we talk about a lot on this podcast, but getting clear our life's principles, if you like, can really help us feel the discomfort of making change or uh, disappointing people. But also we know we're doing it for a reason and we're being more like the kind of person that we want to be. I think sometimes, Richard, also we think that um that, that that we can't that there's no we can think that there's no flexibility with the other person whereas there is and if mm -hmm. i can just uh, there used to be an example for example when i was working in in theater and i remember that having lots of friends who were actors who would say yes immediately to an audition time even if it was really tricky to make it because they really feared saying oh could I do it slightly earlier or slightly later? And chances were that you could. And that's happened mm. to me as well. But I think sometimes we think that a proposal is really set in stone. Well, actually, there's probably a lot more flexibility. So I suppose it takes another muscle to, to learn to find that as well. It, that's a great point because it is about um, intentionality, not automatic yes. responses. Pausing before saying, yes, I will. And and watching out for that thinking that says, you must say yes to these opportunities, rather than, hold on, you clarified where you wanted to take your career before. Now, why are you deviating from that? You know, it is an opportunity, but you've said this is not the kind of thing you want to do. Or even as you've pointed out, you really do want this, but before you make more trouble for yourself and turn up to an audition like a hot, sweaty mess, <laughs> maybe ask them if you could do it an hour later. You can ask, you know, you can ask. And everyone, I think this is a really important point. When we're feeling overwhelmed by this this kind of thing, this boundary management challenge, we often feel like we're the only person that's dealing with this. And, and if we can take a step back and realize that all humans have this challenge, some more than others, admittedly, but we can, we can you know, maybe rely on other people's empathy so we can explain our predicament or explain the challenge that we're dealing with. And see what happens rather than assume it's a hard no. Also, um, we touched on it last time when we talked about the sustainability um, of our self-care habits and routines. It's really important to be honest with ourselves. You know, we need to be able to spot the stories we're telling ourselves about why we're making certain decisions. It's very easy for us to justify um, our decisions afterwards to avoid any um, dissonance between what we've already agreed with ourselves and what we've actually done. And we can fall into this trap that sounds a lot like, well, just this once. And of course, it's not just this once. Um, now, that's, that's different to I'm intentionally being flexible here and there's going to be give and take. But if we say we want to manage our boundaries one way and our behavior doesn't look like that, we need to look out for that and and ask ourselves why and what kind of stories are we telling ourselves um, and, and excusing other people's demands all the time rather than thinking about what do I need from this situation. Um, and of course, just like when we talked about self-care, we need to make sure that um, our responses to these things aren't actually an elaborate form of procrastination. We need, because, as I said, the, the, the conversations 
can be uncomfortable. No can be a very difficult word to say. So if we keep putting off that conversation, uh, we, we need to spot that and be able to walk through that swamp of discomfort that I've talked about so many times because it's important for us um, to be honest with ourselves, to pursue those valued goals um, and to manage our boundaries in a way that, that we're happy with. And it doesn't mean it's right every time, but we're headed in that direction that we we see as being valuable. It's fascinating because you're making me think that sometimes we only start to worry about our boundaries when they're being pushed. Exactly. And that's when it gets more difficult then to have this conversation. So it's uh, there's lots to think about here. There's a big overlap between um, the concepts I'm talking about and, and the very concept of values. You know, do we take the time to just sit down and have a think about what we stand for and put words on that so we could explain it to someone else and use it to guide our behavior when we're dealing with uh, with difficulties, for example, often we don't. And and then it's only when we're really challenged, we think, well, what do I stand for? <laughs> you know, and I haven't really thought this one through, or we, we figure out something is very important to us when it's taken away from us, or it's threatened by someone else's behavior or decisions. So yeah, being proactive about this, taking the time, quiet time to do this. Uh, and that's a form of um, self-care, I would argue. You know, you're, you're thinking about what's important to you and ring fencing it and protecting it in a way that you can. And the final point, signposting, we're near the end here. <laughs> the <laughs> final point, I think, is that while I've talked about getting clarity on these things and practicing things and uh, letting your stakeholders know, change is ongoing. Right? There's always going to be change. And so therefore, boundary management is an ongoing process. It's not a task that is completed any more than our personal development is. It, it, you know, We have new people in our lives all the time. Events happen around us. The demands placed upon us um, will differ. And so we just need to keep a focus on it as, as one of those areas of focus in our life, just like our, our physical health, our mental health, our relationships my boundary management. How am I carving this stuff up in a way that reflects who I want to be? Yes, there's going to be give and take, but in the round, not any one day or any one week, but in the round, am I getting out of life or being able to engage with in life the stuff that is important and meaningful to me? So that is the end of episode 98. We're getting so incredibly close to 100. <laughs> Did you really think in episode one, when we first spoke, that we would now be at 98 preparing for 100? I'm not sure I thought that far ahead. <laughs> I definitely didn't. No. I'd love to say I had a master plan, but I definitely no. didn't. It was very much, let's let's suck it and see. Yeah. Um, so here we are. So again, just a final call. Listeners, do get in touch. Um, uh, a sentence would be great. And we can explore what we hear from you as part of episode 100. Pilar, any final thoughts on boundary management before we wrap up? I would love to hear what the word boundaries means also to listeners and how they look at this uh, in, in their lives, how they either manage them or whether, whether they think about it at all, whether they go with the flow or whether they have strategies. If you could send us through uh, that for episode 100, I think it would be fascinating. Oh, it's such a good idea. And, it, and it's a topic where I'm always... Uh, kind of delighted by the variety of responses I yes. get in coaching context. People 
do this in so many creative ways and sharing that with other people is, is wonderful. Um, someone else might benefit from it. So yes, please, we'd love to hear that. Thanks, Pilar. Another episode done. Um, uh, we'll, we'll leave this one there, managing your boundaries, and um, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.